Welcome to the HSD Podcast Series. I'm your host today, Laura Franco, Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Regulatory Strategy. Today, I'm joined again by Beth Laurie, Compliance Director and Corporate Compliance Officer for Life Care Services. Beth is charged with overseeing the healthcare compliance program for our skilled nursing facilities. And today, this is a is number seven of a 10-part series where we have been reviewing the CMS Compliance and Ethics Program. So welcome back, Beth. Thank you, Laura. I am so glad to be here. Uh, as you know, I started this 10-part series in March 2018, starting with the introduction of why we need this program and the elements of the CMS Final Rule Compliance and Ethics Program that make up its foundation. That's great. That's great. Yes. And we have been going through each one of these. But before we dig into today's topic, can you just give us a quick refresher on the specific elements of the program? Absolutely. So effective November 28, 2019, every nursing facility must have in place a compliance and ethics program. There are eight elements that make up a compliance and ethics program. And these eight elements are, number one, there have to be standards, policies, and procedures. Two, there has to be a high-level compliance officer. Three, the program must have sufficient resources. Four, you must pursue with due diligence. Five, there has to be effective communication of the program. Six, there have to be reasonable steps to achieve compliance. Seven, there must be consistent enforcement of the program. And eight, there must be responsiveness to address any violations or alleged violations of the program. So let's discuss the details of what our listeners need to know um, today about element six, because we'll be focusing on element six today, and that is reasonable steps to achieve compliance. Correct. So the, the nursing facility must take all reasonable steps to prevent similar violations, including any necessary modifications to its standards, policies, and procedures. These reasonable steps should be clearly identified in the compliance and ethics program. As an example, the program may state that a staff member should immediately notify their immediate supervisor when he or she detects a violation, or if the supervisor may be involved in the violation, then they should report it to the supervisor, supervisor, and the compliance officer. Um, the nursing facility should also include the steps necessary to comply with any mandatory uh, reporting requirements such as resident abuse, exploitation, or neglect. So should the uh, nursing facility use legal counsel to report any of the violations? Generally, uh, if there are any confirmed compliance violations of state and federal health care law, such as resident abuse, exploitation, neglect, fraud, or waste, then yes. Okay. Okay. Now, you mentioned steps to achieve compliance. Can you give us some examples of what those steps might be? Yeah, so um, some guidelines on taking reasonable steps are when the company receives any reasonably reliable report or indication of a potential violation of the Compliance and Ethics Program or the Social Security Act um, that encompasses all of this has occurred, the compliance officer or his or her designee should promptly investigate to determine if an actual violation of the program or the act has occurred. There also uh, should be undertaken corrective action steps that are warranted by the conclusion of the investigation. And some examples are if a company's investigation finds overpayments that do not amount to fraud, waste, or abuse, it should repay them using the normal repayment process through the MAC. 
Um, then also the company should consider if it needs to make any system changes to prevent a recurrence of the same or similar billing or claims problems. Um, if a company's investigation suggests fraud, waste, or abuse, it should consider enlisting the help of legal counsel and under his or her direction, any outside experts, if, if they're necessary, to commence an internal investigation which should include a review of documents, system analysis, and interviews with appropriate employees, residents, and or family members, vendors, and volunteers. Well, I'm assuming the steps have to be documented. Is that correct? Absolutely. The nursing facility should retain the file documenting the steps it uh, took to investigate the potential violation of the program or the Social Security Act. Um, the file should contain a detailed description of the investigation conducted, um, have copies of the relevant documents and interviews from the investigation, a log of the witnesses interviewed and the results of the investigation, and if there was any disciplinary action or corrective measures taken or implemented. If the company has sought legal help, the company should identify which documents are subject to any attorney-client privilege or work product privilege and segregate those from the balance of the file not subject to those, those uh, privileges. So if the, uh, if the facility doesn't suffer any monetary penalties, do we still have to investigate it and report it? Yes. The existence or absence of a monetary loss to the nursing facility is not determinative of whether a violation of the Compliance and Ethics Program or the Act has occurred. For example, um, a violation of a quality of care requirements may not result in monetary loss, but it still may constitute a violation of the Compliance and Ethics Program or the Act. Well, that's great, Beth. Thank you so much. Um, I think uh, we understand reasonable steps to achieve compliance much more now. So I want to thank you and our listeners for joining us today. And we're going to conclude the seventh podcast um, of this 10 podcast series. Next month, we're going to discuss the seventh element. So we're getting close to the eighth. Um, and that is consistent enforcement. So thank you, Beth. Thanks for joining us quite welcome. And uh, that's all the time we have today. And we'll talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Legal disclaimer, Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.